0: Independent, expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Welcome. Welcome to Independence Day, the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on in Independence Day, the songwriter's songwriter, John Hoskinson. John's most recent studio record is Pancho Fantastico, and the album is a tour de force of crafty songwriting, unforgettable melodies, and Hoskinson's signature vocal style. Welcome to Independence Day, John.
1: Hey, glad to be here.
0: I'm happy to have you, man. Uh, it's good to see you. It's yeah, been a while. It's been a while. You should probably be just a wee bit a closer. closer for, for yeah, this. for this talking we want, we want to be intimate. We're, not, we're, not that...
1: Well, not, not that you and I. Okay, yeah.
0: But us and our and our listeners. I Radio. We've,
1: yeah, we've crossed that bridge already in our one, relationship.
0: One thing, I, I don't doubt my... Masculinity and is it what was it? The guy from Chicago is is it wrong for two men to, to love each other? Uh, I don't <laughs> no, know. There's a DJ in Chicago. Oh, is it is it wrong? Kevin Matthews, I think, was his name. Is it wrong for two men to, to share a, a sleeping bag? Is it wrong? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm happy to have you on the show. You're a songwriter that I, I like and I respect. And as I uh, as I was going through the music, you know, you, you gave me like the John Hoskinson box set <laughs> to review of demos and you know your your finished recordings, and that's some, there's some older stuff in there too. Was it an old band that you were in?
1: Yeah, that was like my college band.
0: Yeah, and you know it was it was fun reviewing all the stuff, and you know I've got your albums already, and it was uh, one. One thing i 'd noticed was that it was it was actually kind of hard to pick which songs I was going to play cool because there 's enough redeeming, crafty songwriting in almost every track, one way or another so i mean as i I was listening to them last night, like making dinner and kind of going about my business in my apartment. And I kind of made metal notes, like, oh, yeah, I should include that song. And the next song would come up, and I thought, yeah, you know, maybe I, maybe I should include that song, too. And then pretty soon I had, like, six songs, or, and then, you know, it would be just play the whole album, and then we wouldn't have the interview, and it would it – would, that would just be that.
1: Probably more interesting –
0: uh, <laughs> don't say such things, man. Got, you, we're, we're both verbose we're both guys. We've got a lot to yeah. say about these things.
1: We think we, we've been talking for like the last hour, and we've probably talked ourselves out.
0: Oh, I, I sincerely did. Doubt you
1: that. record on any of that? The guy engineer yeah. over there, well, we producer, play that, and we could just sit down and listen to ourselves, which well, is what we both love to do. <laughs> well,
0: I'm no, I'm no Robbie wrist last, oh. last last week guest, dear friend. Uh, he also knows John, plays with John <laughs> from time to time. Great human being, uh, but boy. You know, Robbie, if you're out there, man, I we're I,
1: really looking forward to making fun of you pretty much the entire <laughs>
0: hour. <laughs> I, I can hear you talking and, and, and from from here. <laughs> so, and and with that, why don't we do this? Let's play a little bit of music from John's. This is your second solo release, is yeah. that correct? Pancho yes. Fantastico, which I have to say, if you haven't seen Pancho Fantastico. The liner notes and the artwork alone are worth the purchase price. So pick up a copy of Pacha Fantastica. You're selling them through your website, which yes. is johnhoskinson.com.
1: Yep, you can also get it on iTunes and
0: it's on the Amazon iTunes. and are wherever. You on the, are you on the CD Babies as well?
1: I am on the CD Babies.
0: On the, on the CD yeah. Baby, which if you're not, those of you who aren't aware, that is a uh, independent music site. It used to own, used to be owned and run. It was founded by a guy named Derek Sivers. Who a guy? was a guy that I knew when I was at Berkeley College of Music. He was right down the floor, right down the hall for me. That. And yeah, we got into contact not too long ago. He's actually out of the CD baby, baby business. Yeah, he
1: sold it to disc makers.
0: Sold it to disc makers, made a pretty penny, and now he's doing other stuff, music related stuff. But I got an email from him not too long get ago. Get him on here. He's in. He's in London. Oh. <laughs> I'd have to wake him up in the middle of the night <laughs> or get him out of the pub. I guess the pub closes early. In any case, what we have tonight, this is John Hoskinson, and I want to play a track from his second record from Pancho Fantastico. This is the track, She's Changing My Mind. So this is John Hoskinson on Independence Day.
2: Cruel. I've played it from each side, destroyer and a fool, neither held my sickly pride, but the cynic is now coming.
0: John Hoskinson on Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. I am your host this Wednesday and every Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. here on Lancer Radio. You can listen to us on 89.1 FM if you happen to be in the parking lot or in the general Pasadena Metroplex, or probably more than likely where most of my my legion of fans are listening, which is on Lancer Radio, www.lancerradio.org. We are broadcasting from the campus of Pasadena City College on a rainy evening here in Pasadena, although still beautiful, California. And is always beautiful, so my guest this week is John Hoskinson John Hoskinson is a I call you kind of an ace songwriter like you you write songs in the tradition of like classic songwriting, and by classic i don't mean classical I mean you know Beatles wrote the book and there's you know the Beatles inform a lot of what you do so
1: yeah i, I mean it's i think the, i have most of my songs have bridges the middle eight <laughs> which, the middle eight yeah which it's kind of a, uh, a dying no, well, it 's not dying it's just not as it's not as used probably as it was yeah. you know sixties 50s 60s, seventies um, yeah, and that that in fact, I always try to like those are my favorite parts of of a lot of songs and right. i and favorite parts some of the stuff that i 've written that i 'm most proud of are sometimes just like, ah, that song's okay, but I really like that bridge
0: yeah i I take it <laughs> as a challenge, because, yeah and if I come up with a song that I really really like when I get to the bridge. I think okay. Now, what will really make this make or break this is if I can come up with something even cooler, or that complements and yet takes it to that yeah. Either another take on this the th-
1: on the idea on the theme, or a counterpoint to the theme that sort right. of changes the meaning of the song within
0: right. two bars. And or, it's you know. maybe even almost the point where you you actually reveal what the song might be about yeah is in the bridge because you talk around the topic mm-hmm. for the rest of the song yeah. and you yeah, kind and of kind reveal of nail it, a little it home bit. there exactly. And then of course, the, you know, if you've written your course that's – that's proper and big. When you come back from that, then you've got your big chorus at the end. Yeah. But we don't want to bore everybody with minutia about <laughs> songwriting. So let's, let's, let's talk about other minutia about music making. Pancho Fantastico came out, what, just has it been a couple years now?
1: Uh, How long ago did it come yeah, out? Almost four because it, it came out two weeks before my, my son was born. Okay. I'll always remember that Pancho but was born around the same time. Little Rex. Yeah, Little Rex. Cute kid. He's very.
0: Cute. He's, he's probably driving
1: by now. <laughs> he's got well a trike. Uh-huh. Yeah, he drives. He drives a trike. Do you
0: have to keep insurance on on that kind no, of thing. No,
1: no, not yet. I'm sure that's coming.
0: California emission yeah. standards. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so but okay, so this this actually plays into this. So you you that album came out right before Rex was born. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know, you do a lot of work at home. So your wife, Shelley, you were must have, you know, were you finished with recording during the time of like pregnancy and or were you still tracking <laughs> and mastering or what were you Yeah, hey, we
1: were still still doing the overdubs and mixing and you know, I mean, some of the stuff well, I think just think it over, one of the tunes, uh there's some like orchestration on there that literally the day before we started mixing, my friend Barry dropped off the disc with that stuff and it was uh-huh. fantastic and totally unexpected and and wonderful. Uh, but yeah, it was like stuff was happening. Wait, right until I we probably finished up in like April uh-huh. and and then the album came out in June and Rex came out end of June. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Uh,
0: That's your follow-up single.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was the flip side.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, but you do a lot of recording in your house. I mean, do you, do you also mix in your house too?
1: Or? Uh, well, the mixing was all done by my friend Joanji. Okay, but he did it in his house. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah, in, in like a back room in his house where he had kind of, you know, he's he built, built up stuff. kind of a little studio. Yeah, very little. He, ha- he used to have a little uh, studio, like in a kind of like a uh, industrial building, and then. Kind of got tired of paying rent on that, and I think it, yeah. it was flooded after one of the storms or something. So yeah. he just moved everything into his house. And yeah, I mean, we, uh, some of the, some of my vocal and guitar stuff overdubs were done in his wife's like walk-in shoe closet. And uh, you know, creepy. I think that whole thing was recorded in his bedroom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a, a lot of things. In fact, there's one of the songs on the first record.
0: Which is that, Miscellaneous
1: Heathen. Yeah, guy. Miscellaneous Heathen. There's a song on there that I really was supposed to be a demo and I was going to bring it in And the day Soupy did all the drums. That's should,
0: uh, Mike Soupy, a legendary yes. L.A. drummer.
1: Yeah, he plays with everybody. Um, I thought, well, I'll just see if I can have it. It's a real simple song. I'll just have him throw this on there. I mean we didn't have time for it. And I thought, well, we'll save that for later. But we kind of liked the demo of it. And we just said, let's just put the demo on the record. But in the background, you can't really hear it on the vinyl mix. But Shelly was making a cake at the time Ah. right behind me while I was playing the piano. And if you really listen to that track separate and EQ it the right way, you can kind of occasionally hear a spatula Uh around the edge of the mixing bowl.
0: Yeah. I, I like that kind of realism, which is something you know in the you know in the '70s. You've got like the Ramones on one side, and then you've got you know or like maybe it's Sex Pistols and on then one Steely Dan side, and then that's the exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Steely Dan's on the other side, and they kind of represent the two sides of that pendulum. And where you know, and I, I you know, we talked about this just last week with Robbie. Like I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, like I don't. I mean, I like raw, but I don't want it like I don't want slop. I don't want slop. But yeah. at the same time, it's like you know, I, I'm, I'm somewhat precise, but I don't want the clinical. Precision and everything. I don't and, want, like,
1: I don't want a, yeah, I don't want my the ride cymbal in a different room from the snare drum or something. Right.
0: <laughs> I remember there was a story when oh, you know Don Henley, like him or not, you know he's kind of a perfectionist. That's his that's his reputation in the industry. And he was recording. I remember that you know you'd think someone as big as Don Henley, he's, he should have a studio in his house, but they were recording one of his solo records and they 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 you know, they wanted total isolation. But the only way to get it was to literally record like just the snare, like. All the snare was done like outside in his backyard, and like somebody <laughs> called the police. <laughs> you know, it's got to be Beverly Hills or Malibu yeah. or somewhere. Uh, so you know, it's it, I guess you know, guerrilla you know recording goes all the way to the top one way or another. Yeah, you know, there's just so many stories about people dragging music stands across the floor and slamming doors and things like that. You know, at our level, it's very different. It's more of a practicality yeah. issue.
1: It's like you just have to do it that way.
0: Um, so okay, so you had Shelley makes a guest appearance, a guest uh, spatula solo. Yeah, yeah. On, on a on a song. What else? You know, tell me, tell me something else. Let know about me, uh, about making a record at home, neighbors or yeah, you know, I, arguments I, with Shelley over making. Yeah, make, there was one day. You know,
1: because a lot of times it would have to before Rex came along. This was a little easier, but it was sort of okay. Uh, you're going to be having lunch with your friends. Great, I've got a three hour window where I can just wear headphones and and. Sit in my robe all day and make music, and I had this one day. Is, where that, I, is
0: it like necessary that you be in your robe? Is that kind of your ritual? Yeah. Or it just <laughs> just?
1: No, it just tends to work out that way because you. I usually, I would plan it the night before. You know, I'd get everything set up because that's ninety percent of yeah. of getting over the hump of like oh. getting stuff done for me is like
0: cables on, cables, it, on yeah, like cables on stands on stands, and,
1: and I'd have to move the kitchen table out of the way so I could kind of put the vocal mic up, whatever. And so I'd get all that set up the night before and then first thing in the morning I'd eat breakfast and then just get started. Right. And so, yeah, she'd come home sometimes in the middle of the day and I would be – you know, hair hair's still all bedheaded and scraggly and I I just looked – she'd say it was my Brian Wilson. Like, oh, uh-huh. you, you're doing your Brian Wilson today um, except I wasn't laying in bed. Uh, but yeah, so one day I had this very narrow window and I wanted to get this one song. I thought it's great. It's a just an acoustic song. It's uncharacteristic, which is on the – I'm going to be playing later. And – it's a little trickier to play than, than some of what I usually do. And I'm getting right, – and I get a first take. Pretty good. All right. Starting to go. And then I, this car alarm goes off. And all of that, the, our apartment at the time was right next to where the security gate was. So every once in a while, you'd be in the middle of a really good take and someone would open the security gate and you'd hear the yeah. clink, Yeah. And if you – know, you you'd have to start all over. So this was this car alarm going. I thought, well, you know what? That's a sign. I need to just take a break. I'll just eat lunch right now and then that will – Someone's going to turn that off, and it just kept going and going and going. And I'm closing windows and trying to like nothing. So finally, I'm like, I walk outside. I'm like – I'm a crazed madman. Like what ooh, what is going in on? Your robe, and it can't really tell where it's coming from because our house is on a our apartment was on a hill, and so things are kind of sound kind of bounces in a way. I thought it was coming up the hill, and I finally walked all the way to the bottom and across Rowena, and there was an old like a, a senior home there. And there's a Ford Escort there, right by the front door. That's the car alarm's just going off and flashing, and then it it would stop, and then go off again. And I go in and I, like, I'm just you're crazed, on, and the, I'm like, "You're on a mission." Uh, there is a car alarm going off, like right there. And they said, "Oh yeah, it'll it'll turn off." I said, "Yeah, when the when the battery dies." But I, you yeah. know, I'm trying to get stuff done here today. Can you, ma- oh, well, it's probably someone visiting. We'll we'll make an announcement. But they, I just thought. I'm hoping that like they wouldn't have the same response if let's say like a heart monitor alarm went off or something. Right. But I won't give the name of the uh, senior senator. Well, m- s-
0: maybe they're unconcerned because none of them older folks can hear and therefore <laughs> like, yeah. they're not getting any complaints from the <laughs> residents and therefore it's not a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's only a problem for those of us who have been up all night in our bathrobes robes recording yeah. music in our houses.
1: Yeah, you're trying to take advantage of that opportunity.
0: We, uh, we did uh, a drum room in a particular studio I recorded back in Michigan, right around the lake from Chicago, St. Joseph, Michigan. Had uh, a big live room, which is what you want to do the drums in to get that live yeah. sound. And the, it was a house, so there was a water heater. And, and you know, when you're not in California, the water heater is in the house, like in yeah. the basement usually. And there was a, we were trying to lay down this track, and there was a cricket. Chirping in the background, you know we we didn't even notice it because of course we've got our amps down there and we've got a live yeah. drum set and we're kind of tracking everything. But the engineer kept getting flipped out. Like I, I keep hearing this cricket. Now you know we're a rock band. You only hear it during certain parts, and these are loud recordings. And you know maybe you'll hear it during a cymbal decay or something, or the beginning of the end of the song. And but so then we, just like you, we became obsessed with this cricket. So we're you know we're, we're, like, we we sat down and turned everything off, set down our instruments. And we're searching the basement for this cricket, and we finally find it. It's underneath the water heater, and we can't see it, but we can hear it. And no matter, we're banging on the water heater with wrenches, <laughs> drumsticks. We're throwing stuff underneath there. It doesn't stop. Doesn't stop. We go upstairs. We don't have any bug spray, spray but we had like I think it was Pledge. So, you know, we figure it's, it's making him uncomfortable. It's aerosol. Maybe maybe the, the artificial scent of lemon will, will encourage <laughs> him or her to vacate. So we're now we're spraying. You know, and when we're wondering, you know, there's a pilot light in here. Are we going to set the house on fire? So finally, you know, we just we gave up and we're like, oh, okay, fine. The cricket is just going to have to be part on the, the record, song. part of the song.
1: It's a click track. It's Try a... to play the cricket.
0: And lo and behold, you know, we recorded the whole track, and you only hear the song, this cricket. It's on the finished mastered recording, but now it, it becomes the right mistake becomes the element of the recording. It's like yeah. this left wing thing. We buried it in one side of the mix, and it's 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 in there in the intro, and then at the very end, as the guitars are feeding back. And it's the the cymbal decays are going. Yeah, trip, you can hear trip. the cricket. And, right. and there it is. So it's it's the cricket solo on my first record. <laughs> anyway, I'm talking too much. This is not about me, it's about you. <laughs> Let's play, you know, you're talking about making this 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 album, Pancho Fantastico, I'll load these four years ago, it seems like yesterday, I'm sure. Yeah. And you know, what with your with little Rex and all. And um, this is another track off of here. This is the first track, am I correct?
1: Uh Miss Rejection. Yes, yes. This, yes. this yes, is, is.
0: the first track off of that record. This is a very uh, you know, snappy, poppy. What would you call this? Not quite Kinksy. What would you What Beach, would you call this? A little bit of Beach
1: Boys. Definitely Beach yeah. Boys. Yeah, definitely. A little bit of Kinks too. Uh, uh, sort of the uh, Village Green era. Yeah, Kinks. Yeah. I've
0: kind of felt you know everybody's got their like, in the, in, like most music for me kind of falls in the Beatles Stones continuum. But you've got the Beatles Beach Boys continuum, yeah. which is kind of its own continuum unto itself.
1: Yeah, a little more of the English music hall. side rather than the R&B side of it.
0: Exactly. So this is the track Miss Rejection, also from John Hoskinson's first record, Poncho Fantastico, on Independence Day.
2: You said your name was Hope You offered me your longest rope So you could watch me dangle from it I should have known who it was all along
0: is John Hoskinson here on Independence Day. I am your host, Joe Armstrong. Every Wednesday night on Lancer Radio, this is Songwriter's songwriter John Hoskinson with me. Welcome, John. Glad to have you here again. Yeah. And Having I see, fun. I see so you, you've got your kitara. But first, before we get you to play in live, let's talk a little bit about what we were talking about on the break. Uh, that song features something called Prepared Piano. Which uh, means it means modifying the piano to like make it sound a little different than it normally would. It's a whole process, and there's different ways of doing it. Tell me, tell me what you did on that to get that very unique Beach Boysy sound.
1: Yeah, I mean, what what a lot of people normally do is you take, you know, thumbtacks and stick them into the the felt of the hammers. But I I was worried that that would kind of screw things up. Maybe if I once you know I, I this is know. your piano. Yeah, yeah, and it's not a, a super expensive piano. It was you know a, a, friend, a family friend actually gave it to me years ago, but I didn't. I didn't want to do anything that would screw it up and I can't afford to put new hammers on <laughs> so I'd kind of did a little research online and found an idea I thought would work and and fortunately I'm a, I'm a terrible piano player and I, so I, in, that, in that song in particular I'm sticking with you know maybe a two octave range in there
0: quarter notes pretty much
1: yeah and so I didn't need to do prepare the whole piano so I just I found I like, took some felt and just sort of temporarily tack, glued, glued tacked it up and cut strips and put paper clips on them that dangled. Right over each of the strings underneath the hammer. So when the hammer would hit it, the string vibrates, the, the uh, felt kicks up the uh, paper clip and kind of bounces and you get that nice little percussive yeah. sound. And it was great because it was sort of like, I don't know what I'm doing, yeah. DIY kind of thing. Yeah. And it worked out and it sounded really nice. And
0: Now, is this, was this your idea? No, that, or was, was this
1: a- that was the producer. Joe Anji, my producer, was his idea. He said, you know. Your last record, you got a lot of piano stuff on there with that same kind of using the same piano and the same kind of sounds. Let's try to do something different. And he kind of thought, well, like yeah, Kill, like Killer Queen, something along uh-huh. like that. That was sort of the the uh, the idea of try, try to go for that sound. And uh, I don't know if we we got that, but we got something that worked really well. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Now is uh, one thing that's interesting about that is that with a producer, you need to trust the producer enough. To allow him or her to kind of make that choice, you know, and, and to come up with something kind of unusual, because you know we learn to play our instruments, you know, sometimes multiple instruments. But what you really want on a, re- a recording is to make it something people are going to want to listen to over and over again. Is to have different sounds, like the way the record sounds, is very yeah. very important. And it's
1: also good to have another person that you trust to, you know, lend lend their perspective and their ears because. You know, you become so close to something, especially if it's a song that you've been playing live or you've been you've been slaving kind of have been Slaver for a long time, you kind of lose perspective and you, you 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 need someone else who's got a similar uh I guess similar viewpoint or like taste in music, but who's not so close to the song. And right. what was great about this particular one is that you know most of these songs Joe hadn't heard, we did like a we did like a pre-production night where I just uh-huh. Brought the acoustic and he used one of his Wurlitzers and just auditioned all the tunes for him, and without him ever hearing them before and then he kind of like gave me a few notes about like, mm, you might want to try this with this one. Otherwise, that one sounds fine the way it is um, and because like I said, I worked with him on the previous record. I'm a big fan of him as a songwriter and a, and a, and a musician. So I, I trust him. Ninety nine percent of the time, but I'm also good enough friends with him that when right. I when I didn't agree with him, I could say. No, so when you, when I'm you throw that. the when you throw the chair
0: at him, <laughs> yeah. after a <our> cocaine fueled <laughs> rage in the studio for forty eight hours straight, you yeah, know our it.
1: rages were more fueled by uh, like junk food.
0: Yeah. yeah. Are you are you more of a like a sweetie uh, like sweet junk food guy or a salty like I I like no, both. Oh. Yeah.
1: But see, but the sweetest. This is fascinating. Uh, talk. No, oh, this is great. This yeah. is what it's all about. Um, this, this is what fuels
0: music, man. I, this is important. I love chocolate. Uh huh.
1: Not big on like just like candy. Uh huh. Let me chocolate.
0: Right. Well, that you you can take your your fat with sugar, or you can take your fat with salt.
1: Yeah, like those. When uh, it comes every to once in a while, food. like Trader Joe's has those cho- dark chocolate covered almonds with sea salt on them. hmm. That, my friend, is heaven. That's a, that's, that's an inspiration yeah. for yeah. a late night session. Th- exactly.
0: Excellent. Well. Yeah. I I mean, gosh, the things, the things we eat in the studio, I would always try, like make like a tip of a hat to at least bring in like some apples.
1: Yeah. And then, you know,
0: something remotely organic because, you know, the longer you're in there, the more you're going to want like a Slim Jim or something that you would never really honestly put in your mouth.
1: But you've gotten to the point where you're beyond hunger. Right, you've you've already skipped two meals, and now you're right. like, I just need. I, but you're also you've got you don't want to lose the momentum, right? If you, if something's going well, you're like, I just need something I can eat with one hand, right? And meat stick shaped meat is is usually
0: <laughs> meat in stick form, yeah. <laughs> one of the original states yeah. of matter, and I,
1: I and I for the people listening in home, it, meat should be in in quotation. In quotation marks, yeah. of course. Yeah, we, we use the term very loosely. Yeah.
0: So I see you've brought your guitar. You know we played a couple tracks from your second record. The stuff that you're when you when you recorded, I think we were talking you when you recorded Pancho Fantasco. Was that the record where you recorded a lot more songs that you end up not using? Yeah, we
1: did like two records worth of stuff, and then I try, tried to finish them all mm-hmm. uh, and got pretty close.
0: Was the goal to call whatever you got done and then release that, or <laughs> was the goal to pick the best of those and then just leave the other ones on the I, shelf? My or? goal
1: was to. To do two records, okay, and uh, you know Brian Whelan who played on most of the, most of the album, also an plays.
0: Independence Day guest from low, from I think three weeks ago, oh, two great. to three weeks ago.
1: i uh, a yeah, big fan of Brian's, um, and he plays the most plays talented, talented on person in the strategy. world. Yeah, he plays a most he plays almost every instrument except drums. I think he plays.
0: Well, not all of every instrument, but just he makes an appearance. Yeah,
1: and every – some some of the songs he's he's playing bass and piano or he's doing some background vocals in this. He's often playing multiple instruments on it. Um, but he – yeah, he was like, you should just do a double record. And I like that. Ah, in, in a Slim Jim-fueled haze. Exactly. He plants the seed late yeah. at night. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought, no, it would be great. I'll be able to – because you know what always happens when you you finish up a record and – You've kind of got some momentum and then you kind of coast for a while and then you realize oh I need another record out and you've got all these songs and then you have to start recording. And so there's this long gap that happens while you get that stuff figured and I thought I'm going no I'm going to have that other record all ready to go.
0: Right. It's and sort then of I'll like, just
1: wait and hold off for 8 months and put it out again so it'll look like I'm just, you know,
0: Yeah, it's like going, it going to the moon. You know, yeah. you have to like – not only do you have to figure out how to get there, but not only have to build the rocket ship, but you have to build the whole support structure too. You have to build the gantry and then find the fuel and then train the astronauts and then there's all this like this multi-step process. And and making a record, although maybe not quite as complicated as getting to the moon, yeah. you also don't have government funding behind you. So it feels like you're the one doing all you're – the, you're the administrator of NASA as well as the astronaut.
1: Yeah, very – I've never heard that analogy, Joe. That's it's not right at all. But the- – <laughs> Or may- if, maybe, John, it's so right yeah. <laughs> that
0: you can't wrap your head around it.
1: All
0: right. With that, let's, let's, let's do the organic thing with music. Yeah. One of the things I really, really love to have here on the show is to have artists show up with their instrument in tow and to, play, and to lay something on us. So uh, I see that you have brought your guitar. And tell, tell me a little bit about what you're going to play first.
1: I'm going to play uh, Uncharacteristic, which is off the first solo record. This is the one that the car alarm okay. almost kept me from, from uh, recording.
0: Okay, so this is from Miscellaneous Heathen and this is a solo version of John playing it on Independence Day. Thank you, John.
2: Glasses half full of poison Murphy was naïve Now I'm starting to question That's what I believe It's uncharacteristic He's so optimistic you cannot explain it It must be you I'm always finding the dark side To every happy day Lately it's getting harder Since you've come my way I guess everyone changes But there's nothing as strange as The way I'm behaving It must be you it's uncharacteristic To be so optimistic you cannot explain it It must be you It's so blissful living in denial By no reasons not to smile No explaining changing attitude It must be you I'm always finding the dark side For every happy day I'm wearing rose-colored lenses Since you've come my way It's uncharacteristic to be so optimistic Cannot explain it, it must be you I guess everyone changes, but there's nothing as strange as The way I'm behaving, it must be you
0: Nice, right. very, very nice. John Hoskinson on Independence Day. Like that a lot. That is the song, uncharacteristic, which you will find on Miscellaneous heathen with Heathens. Correct, plural.
1: Heathen singular.
0: Heathen he, means mis- he, heathen, which is kind of could be interpreted as plural. Mis- miscellaneous. Yeah, heathen, I, would, I always
1: did take it that way.
0: Which was again, the liner notes are great. And does, is it Shelley that did the the, the packaging or the, the, the kind of the artwork on that? Yeah,
1: yeah. She actually did, she just took a couple of those pictures and then yeah. We uh, – our friend did the graphic design. But yeah, those were just kind of nice happenstance pictures that she had happened to have. That, and yeah. That's where the title came from. She uh-huh. had, it was actually here in Pasadena that the, was on the back cover there. Uh-huh. That's It was the dude operate and there was that n- religious nut carrying that sign uh-huh. with a list of sins and sinners. And then at the bottom was just – Well, we've got a copy right now. Yeah, Let's see it. it's Let's like – it's pretty much everyone. I was like, yeah, 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 OK. Uh, Drunk. <laughs> check. Yeah. Check. Check.
0: Yeah, okay. So, this we're talking about the, the, the artwork, which is something that John and I definitely share in common, which is, uh, you know, both in the records that we make and the records that we listen to, you know, the, the packaging is kind of this analog multimedia. It's like the original multimedia experience. You know, when you got your LP of, you know, who knows what was an album, you got Rush when you were a kid, yeah. and you got your Rush LP and you brought it home. An LP is a long play, it's an actual vinyl record, and it's this big picture with, you know, detail and there's still And stuff hopefully, in, uh,
1: in a big. Thing it's like gate, you know, a poster, the sleeve a have, for yeah, the sleeve or and lyrics or lyrics and like who and it's you know,
0: recorded at Ocean Way, and what does that even mean, yeah. <laughs> you know? ASCAP, and, what's that? Yeah, exactly. I see it on everything, exactly. So, but I'm, you know, but John's, you know, his his artwork is always very, very good. I've always been really, really impressed and amused by the stuff that he's put on here in the best way possible. So. On his 2004 record, Miscellaneous Heathen, there's a sign of a religious fanatic protesting somewhere here locally. Is that the? Is that the right on the corner of Fair yeah. in Colorado? Yeah, that looks that's like a, that, that, pawn, that shop. pawn shop. Yeah, it's been It's got to be a mob front that place because I can't You've imagine never, they ever turn ever seen a profit. Yeah. yeah. So to all religious phonies, sex perverts, adulterers, child killers. Cheats and liars, atheists and drunks together no. at last. <laughs> Fornicators, dope fiends, garbage mouths, and miscellaneous heathen, heathen. Judgment is coming by God.
1: Yeah. So that like I we saw that and, and I said, oh, that's I, that's going to be the title of my record. Yeah. Uh,
0: Again, uh, yeah, not a really a happy mistake, but happenstance just yeah. the same. So, well, I, I, you put your guitar down. I was going to have you play a couple oh. something else. I mean, oh, well, I'll are I'll I'll you I'll finished play
1: later? Uh, but I need to tune. Maybe after you play a tune, okay? So I can. I got a. It's a dadgad right? Ah,
0: uh, yes, that's alternate tuning for the yeah. uninitiated, which is taking the the. Uh, it's manhandling the tuners on your guitar onto uh, to do something other than it would normally do the standard tuning to for creative uh, songwriting tonality. Or key, or you know.
1: Yeah, it just kind of opens up a whole new world sometimes. It's like playing someone
0: else's guitar. You you get different things come out of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You'll hear other kind of counter melodies within the chord structure, or something that you wouldn't have heard otherwise. I do the same thing with, like I said, I'm a terrible piano player. But if I'm kind of trapped on a song, Uh you know, and I can't can't quite figure out where what to do with how the verse goes to the chorus or something, but I really like that. I'll go and just move it over to the piano and suddenly mm-hmm. it opens up and vice versa. If you start yeah. on the piano and then move to guitar, you'll suddenly often find that little thing, that little melodic thread that you were looking for.
0: Yeah. I've I've been amassing instruments for years for that very reason to like kind of glean inspiration from mistakes or or not knowing how to play something is yeah. fun. Yeah. You know I've have, I have accordions and Lap steels and basses and guitars and keyboards and oh my, juice harps and <laughs> a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. It's more stuff than I, I should should really. And <laughs> I keep moving it from apartment to apartment. So let's let's do this. We've got to, to change things up just a little bit, um, Jesse. We're going to play a track here. Why don't we play, uh, I think it's track seven on the CD, which is It's Not My Place. Let's play that track. This is from your first record, correct? The one one we're talking about? Yeah. This is from Miscellaneous Season. This is the track It's Not My Place by John Hoskinson here on Independence Day. That is John Hoskinson with It's Not My Place from his first record, Miscellaneous Heathen, here on Independence Day. We've got John in the studio. He's playing some tracks live for us, and we'll get to that in just a second. But before we do, I wanted to talk just a little bit about uh, that's a real cello on that track, is it not? Yes. And then this is a friend, he's kind of someone you roped into him, talked
1: him into coming in and <laughs> yeah, it down. Yeah, he's a friend of my wife's from that she'd known you know, since childhood. and uh, she, I had seen him play once like at a Christmas party, you know, just playing Christmas tunes. Uh And I cello is one of my favorite instruments. And I this song in particular I had had this idea of having it. And I was originally just going to have a you know a keyboard patch do Uh it. And I thought, I'll get him roped into it. Which meant I then had to have a friend who knew a little bit about notating music. Because even though you're calling me a songwriter, (laughs) I can't write you know, notation. Semantics, like most, John. Semantics. Like most rock musicians. And uh, yeah, so we kind of forget out. And we, like literally while he was over there doing it, he's like, well, what's the range on a cello? And he didn't know. We had to call someone else. And what's the lowest note? And I, OK, what can we, what's, what's the uh, what's, vocabulary what's we could possible. deal with? Yeah. And so we did that and got him the music and then he came over and then, you know, he was way too humble. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, well, I haven't played in a long time and, you know, just, no, no, no. Shut up, play. Shut up and play. Yeah. I've heard you play you're fine. Yeah. So yeah. And that
0: that's always a real challenge because I've done this numerous times with cloud you bring in a classical player for just a touch of viola or a touch of cello. Because yeah. I've done the very same thing with cello a few times. And it's it's a big challenge because the you think we're all musicians and we're all doing this music thing you could just sit down and kind of do it. But they are so very tied
1: to the page.
0: To the page yeah. and we are so very oral a u r a l oral auditory yeah. and you know we <clears throat> may not know how to score these things out and they have no idea how to improvise based on us just going oh, just do this part i'm showing you on the guitar they have no idea what you're talking yeah, about
1: yeah yeah and uh, it's been beaten out of them any any of that ability right. <laughs> that has been beaten out of them because it's it doesn't work right. in that other world and the
0: sad thing is like a lot of the classical players who have transcended that and become like the jazz flute player the jazz violin player they're so good That then you can't get them settled down enough to actually get anything usable out of them because they're like no 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 we can do this
2: and
0: it's it's completely ridiculous it's off the end of the chart the other side of the chart.
1: You just hate all musicians, don't you, Joe?
0: No, I I don't. I don't. You know. Well, I, I will say this. I mean, I'm a guitar player, but I don't really care for guitar players that terribly much. I know them because I know them. It's like you know. It's like when you have daughters. You know. It's like you know. I all guys are bad because I'm a guy and I know I know what they're thinking. So. That's with, why you hate guitar players. It's why yeah. – I hate – the a strong word. I, I, I dislike, strongly, strongly dislike, dislike guitar them. players. Not not all, but a lot. Enough. A significant <laughs> percentage. With that, I digress. And we're going to now – let's uh, let's see. So that was – let's give let's, your tune back to standard tuning, correct? Yes. You're ready to do or yeah. whatever tuning this next tune is in. Let's, a, let's, yeah. let's Let's have you play another track live in the studio. Tell me just a wee bit about this first.
1: Uh, This is from uh, Poncho, Fantastico, and it's uh, it's called Creepy. And it's – I wrote this – this one's – my wife actually wrote a great deal of the lyrics and uh, I had started writing and she kind of rescued this song from the trash bin. I had actually one night was playing the little – and kind of over and over again, annoyingly so, and thinking, oh, it's got potential. And then you reach a point where you suddenly realize I don't know where to go with this. I think – I'm done. And and I was gonna and she came walking in and she said, What was that you were just playing? I really like that.
0: Is she a musician?
1: Uh she she took piano lessons as a kid, but she's okay. a huge music fan. Like Enough. Bigger C D collection than than I do. Like she's a huge fan. And uh and great like her father's a really good classical pianist, actually. Um but yeah, so she kind of rescued that that riff from the, from uh, the trash bin, and then I kind of came up with the chorus, which was based on something she says all the time, which is creepy, and and she uses that word like Hawaiians use mahalo, you know, it means. Or spam. Creep creepy can actually mean like creepy scary. It can mean creepy like weird, or sometimes it's like good. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, "Oh, isn't this a creepy toy store?" Uh, no, it's kind of I don't know. It's cool and honey. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Cre- you're using creepy in in that way, right? So I that was that was the title came from that, and then I thought, well, she should finish writing the lyrics, and so she wrote most of the verses, and and uh, yeah. I, now what am I playing? Creepy. We're okay. playing creepy. that <laughs> – oh wait oh almost there. All right, there we go. In the Pull same key, tone. maybe. Yeah. All strings are going to be in the, in, the, in the same key this time.
2: Like you, just the way you are You're so creepy You had me smitten from the start You're so creepy Sometimes I can't believe The things you say and do You've made me so unfit For anyone but you And when you're not around, I sense... And not in tune and there's much too much room like you just the way you are you're so creepy you had me smitten from the start you're so creepy you've made a voodoo doll of me but I'm immune my stomach aches each time I hope I see you soon you steal my jokes you move my things you're souring my mood and even though it's rude like you just the way you are you're so creepy your schemes are quietly bizarre you're so creepy you're near a window i've an urge to push you through but that would never do like you just the way you are you're so creepy your schemes are quietly bizarre you're so creepy like you just the way you are you're so creepy you had me smitten from the start You're so creepy
0: John Hoskinson on Independence Day That's the song Creepy Co-written with your wife The lovely and talented Shelley Fraser. Yes Very, very nice I like it You know, and the, the, the working relationship With one's spouse or significant other Is always a very interesting working relationship I know Tom Waits pulls it off In an exemplary fashion With his wife uh, Kathleen Brennan I think she was a TV producer when they met, um, and you know they wrote a lot of stuff together. And his his phrase that he uses is, uh, well, I, I wash you dry.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've we've written a few things together. Uh, she's much more of a word person than I am. Uh-huh. Um, I'm such a music melody. You're, you're
0: the Elton John? Yes. And, and she's the Bernie Taupin?
1: Except that she writes – I'm not a big Bernie Taupin fan. I gotta, yeah. But isn't he the lyric guy though? Yeah, he is, yeah. But I always think that he – you know, Gene uh, Eugene Edwards, uh-huh. who we have both played with. Uh, we talk about these Bernie Toppin moments that almost ruin great songs, and uh-huh. and you know the, the one that always sticks out for me is uh, "Someone Saved My Life Tonight," which is such a great melody, great tune, and then "Sugar Bear," which always makes me picture, picture the yeah, I just can't get enough of those golden Chris, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I'm, 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 I digress. Uh, yeah, Shelley is you know she's a great music fan, but she's also a quite a word person. Like you know, uh-huh. memorizes poems from her childhood and can recite them. And, and she's always it's funny when when we first started dating and we have a lot of music case in common, but there's some stuff that was like new to her and new to me. And playing something in the car one day that I have heard a gazillion times, like one uh-huh. of my favorite albums. I can't remember what it was at the time. And about halfway through the song, she says, "Oh, this is a great lyric." And I kind of froze and realized I had no idea what the lyric was saying. Uh-huh. To me, it was Wait, just –
0: there's lyrics in this song? <laughs>
1: yeah. But yeah, to me, it's like – and I could sing along, but they almost had no meaning to me uh-huh. because the me- I loved the melody and the chord structure and the harmonies and all the other stuff that it. Be- I just never stopped to think of. And once she uh-huh. pointed it out, I was like, oh, you're right, yeah. I mean I might notice a line I really like, but it's rare for me to really un- – if i really yeah if I really like a song now a bad lyric will destroy a song for me if it's really, really bad, no matter how much I like the the melody or the
0: anything or the off the top of your head other than the the Elton most John stuff reference? in the seventies yeah like who who's <laughs> uh, who's particularly egregious Are you like like James Taylor or like the rock stuff or
1: God, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, there's a lot of because I do like a lot of power pop stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like Jellyfish and. But there Big are, star. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff in that genre that unfortunately sometimes falls in that category. Like, how many times can you write a song about a girl named Valerie or? Uh,
0: <laughs> Some girls' names are much more lyrical than other girls' they names, are. which is why Valerie shows up a lot. Yeah. And or how
1: many you know sun and, sunshiny Mister Sunshines or. Yeah. Having said that, I have a song that's got sunny day in, in the chorus, so I'm guilty of my own
0: land. My own, uh, You're implicating yourself, man.
1: Yeah. I, 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 again, self-loathing is, is really big with me.
0: I always thought it would be cool to be – you know, to like have disdain for rich people but then want to be rich so you could then hate yourself for having <laughs> what, you, what you didn't exactly. kind Actually, of a, want.
1: Actually, a Crowded House song that's kind yeah? of that. The, I, I'd much rather have a mansion in the slums. Yeah. Much rather have a – caravan in the hills than a mansion in the slums, but at the uh-huh. end of the song, he says, I'd much rather have a mansion mm-hmm. in the hills. Yeah. You know, in other words, I want it all, really, when it comes of to Of
0: course. As humans, we sometimes don't even really know what it is that we want. What's driving us. Well, we yes. think we do, but then when yeah. we get it, we don't want it anyway. Uh-huh. We're all just big toddlers wandering around exactly. with, with bigger paychecks, really.
1: Yeah. Slightly un- bigger. The
0: unchecked id. <laughs> With that, I want to do something we try to do every week if possible. I ask artists to bring in demos of stuff they've recorded so we can talk a little bit about the process of making records, you know, recording. You know, sometimes it's all the way down to the song level and sometimes it's just production ideas. And this is a really, really great example because this is a song that I love on your record. It's kind of buried a little later in the sequence of the record, but I really, really like this track a lot. The track is called She Makes Me Yawn, and it's very, like beatles ask major key kind of gets into i want you she's so heavy at the end with kind of this repeating chord change um and and, and it's catchy and like powerful and a little rockier it'll edgier compared to some of the stuff on the record um so i asked john to find a demo of this and you did which is great so first okay Jesse are we ready for this this is we're gonna roll this is uh, I think track three which is the demo and you can kind of start it kind of low we'll kind of talk about this a little bit while we're doing it this is the demo version of John Hoskins excuse me John Hoskinson's she makes me yawn so roll this
2: Girl from number four.
0: this is the demo we're playing yeah. here okay yeah
2: you know, pretty
0: pretty, pretty pretty simple you know kind of elemental all the pieces very, are there very,
1: very uh plastic Ono band kind of uh-huh. I mean I think you know I even tried to get that sound on the vocal the little right, slap right. back and
0: let's just listen for just a little bit and now she's and just a little guitar some one thing I like about your demos they're very produced in terms of background vocals
1: yeah I, I think I, <laughs> I, I that's one thing I always try to do because it's I don't really like the sound of my voice when I hear it back. Uh-huh. You know, I'm fine with it while I'm recording it or I'm doing live. And then when I hear it back and I realize, like, my God, you've got a thin, reedy voice.
0: <laughs> I like your voice, man. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah.
1: But, you know, it's it, we all have, we all want what we have. You know, curly-haired girls all want straight hair. And guys with thin, reedy voices all wish they sounded like Peter Case. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I will always, well, maybe if I had a harmony to it, it'll kind of make it sound a little fatter. So that, uh-huh. yeah, I always end up getting a little carried away with that.
0: Right, and one thing is that when we were going to listen to the actual finished version here in just a second, but there's one thing, there's a little hitch where you stop the band and tell me that was something that was the producer's idea or that was a mistake I or how think did that happen?
1: You know what? I think it was a mistake, or actually it may have been Joe's idea and then we did the stop at the wrong point and then you it know it was we were... maybe better than
0: what he yeah even we of. were
1: like in fact I think in the second verse we stop on the three or instead of the two or whatever it was we did and and we end up which is a, kind of a a pain when we're trying to teach somebody new the song like are we going to do it like the record and stop at the wrong spot and um so yeah uh, that was i think it was Joanji's idea actually uh-huh. but i don't know if we i think it was this sort of like organic thing where we kept making mistakes and like fine let's stick with the mistake
0: uh-huh. and I, I, I it's it's such a crafty songwriting thing i mean it's 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 that thing that uh, you know, a producer is, is classically they think of these things all the time. It's it, it's it's smacks of a producer's idea to me, even if it is a mistake, yeah. um, where it, it really the song was great before, but it gives it that little extra something that yeah. makes it unique and different. And I, I love it when that stuff happens in a song. So I love that you did it. It sounds great. One of my favorite songs in the record. Let's listen to this one a little bit, too. This is the finished version. You'll notice a little hitch here in the first vocal line here. And there it goes. It's subtle, but it's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh,
0: it kind of draws listeners. But well, it, it makes
1: it makes it less of a basic right. song. Right, and, it, it, that and, one it, thing. and it,
0: it's cool enough, and it's in the right place in the song where the listener hears it and thinks, "Oh wait, is something wrong?" Yeah. But no, it's actually intentional, which is yeah. ten times cooler. She's
2: in my car, and I've been
0: And also just a little faster, tempo-wise, is a little yes. faster. I mean, yeah. of course, and it almost always happens. Yeah, you know? and the real drums give it a little more, a little more life. Yeah. You know, and the, it's funny how the the uh, the vocal levels—I mean, the, the background vocal levels—they're they're they're still there. There's a lot of those parts oh. that were retained. Yeah. Because you can kind of—I think—you feel more free to experiment with harmony when you're doing a demo.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, because no one's going to hear it Yeah, for, exactly you know, So you
0: wind up with some You sing some crazy interval That you wouldn't normally have sung A sixth or a second Or something mm-hmm. like that And then you kind of retain it Yeah Let's listen to this a little bit more
2: flow right
0: is, is this your bridge Here or is this yeah. uh, just a different verse Okay so tell me this real quick. Tell me who played on this? Like these are the same. Some is of the, the same. Band, the, the characters the played
1: on the uh, other side. The uh, Mike Supisessa on drums. Brian's oh. uh, playing both piano and bass on this. Okay. He didn't do it. He didn't track them at the same time. That would have been more impressive. He
0: probably could.
1: Yeah. And then uh, Eugene Edwards uh, uh-huh. is playing uh, some rhythm, and then he and he and Brian take turns on the solo at the end.
0: Because someone does a kind of a George Harrison-esque. Is it a sl- actually a slide part on here? I think, or, or no?
1: No. that's just. Uh, I'm not sure which one you're. Dirty. Brian's is the more dirty one. Uh-huh. Uh, it may be Gene's you're talking about. Gene plays so uh-huh. smoothly, sometimes it does sound like slide.
0: Okay, so let's, let's bring this one down. And we've got another one. I want to do kind of the same thing. Like I said, John brought in such great examples in terms of this. So I want to give another example here. So this is the track. It's also from. Um, this is a track from Pancho Fantastico as well. This is I Am Not Surprised. And this will give us a really good example of how you start with something. You start with something really, really simple and then when you do the version that's on the record, you know, you you sometimes take it in ways that you wouldn't thought you'd take it. So let's listen a little bit to the the actual demo version here. This is I Am Not Surprised, the demo from John Hoskinson. Always love a song in three.
1: You too. Love, Love a waltz.
2: I watched you today, heard every word that you say contribute to your own decay it seems this time you've gone okay so
0: here we've got the, the again the skeleton of the song is here you know the 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 chord changes the melody's very much intact the lyrics are very much intact so it's like a, it's like a hull of a ship it's just not in the water yeah does, does it get much bigger than this is there more more parts
1: no, not really. Okay. So well, a- there's a chorus here. Well, no, I mean, yeah. I mean more like oh. instrumentation. No, no, no. So this this is was, a- I mean, this demo, where often I'm making demos to to convince myself that it's a worthy song you uh-huh. know sometimes I yeah. have to hear it with other stuff yeah. and so I'll make this big produce but this one I was pretty sure of and it was right before we started recording anyway and I, I had played it once with Brian uh, at the cinema bar actually uh-huh. so I knew he knew it but I wanted I thought well I've got to give Soupy something to listen to so he knows because you know, he's very much a songwriter's drummer he likes to know where the, where the, where the, the vocals the are going the best kind of drummer yeah, yeah like especially the, the thing I always say about Soupy that's so wonderful about him is that you actually have to tell him to play more uh-huh. you know which is really um, unheard of with most drummers it's like he he'll he'll fight you and be like no I don't want to step on that vocal That's a that really important vocal out yeah. there and all all right okay that's,
0: a... that's that's one in a million for a guy with sticks in his hands
1: yeah so I made that demo was really made like a couple of days before we went to the studio just so they knew the song uh-huh. and so I wasn't really thinking too much about though I did add some harmonies at the end that I didn't really be there and then I was I was thinking of it of being more of a traditional boom uh-huh. You know, with the piano doing ding, 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 ding. Yeah, pretty straight up waltz. Yeah. And then we went in to record it, and Brian and Soupy both had very different ideas, and we didn't really even discuss it. It was just like we went in, we just did the take. It was great, too, because Soupy was in the, the studio we recorded at, but it was like a garage studio. And so his drums were in there, and it had a very nice baby grand, but it was in the house. So Brian was in the house. Uh huh. And it was a separate, you know, the garage was actually in the backyard, you know, t- detached garage. And then I was in the the bathroom in the house uh-huh. with the guitar and just the three of us. Cool. And we did. I think we only did only two takes of it. Uh-huh. And you know, Brian's solo was done live and everything, and, and it just sounded so not at all what I expected. Yeah. And then later, Barry Hovis added that fantastic orchestration, and and Joe added that really cool little guitar solo. Tell me,
0: tell me a little about what Barry does. I know that you know he he, he kind of orchestrates with like. Organic sounding fake instruments, right?
1: Yeah, it's a, he's got a really good quality computer based orchestration software. Uh-huh. I don't know what I'm talking about. Even that's how fancy this stuff is. Um, but Barry, I know through he's a friend of, of Joe Onge, my producers. I've known him for years. You know, seen him play with other people, and I didn't know he could do this. I, I'd always seen him play. He was a good Hammond player, you know, piano player. I'd never. Didn't know he could do this, and Joe had just given it to him and said, "Yeah, Barry's been kind of playing around with this stuff. You know, let's see what he can come up with." And Joe called me one day and said, "You're not going to believe what he did. It's uh-huh. just, it sounds he was laughing. It was he was so like surprised and yeah, uh, and overjoyed with it. And I was it was so uh, it took it again way more into that kind of almost Broadway show yeah kind of thing in a really good way." yeah yeah and it's by far my favorite recording i've ever done and and the thing I'm most proud of and I, and and that everything just really came together and you know you're always I'm sure you're probably the same way when you're really happy when the song turns out as good as you hear it in your head when you're writing it, and then this is one of those rare ones where it sounds like so much better uh-huh. than I even imagined it could now that I've built it up. You're gonna play it a little bit, and people are gonna be like, "That?
0: Don't ever again! <laughs> don't ever say that, man. The stuff, the stuff is great. It's it's better than you could possibly imagine. I, I'm I'm very very impressed what they did. You know what you did with this, what they did with this. This is truly fantastic. I think it's a beautiful track, and I'm it, it belongs it, it belongs on, a, on an expensive movie so you can get big checks. Yeah, That's that what would I be think. Very nice. So this is the finished version of "I Am Not Surprised." John Hoskinson on Independence Day.
2: Watched you today, heard every word that you say Contribute to your own decay It seems this time you've gone a bit too far Caught you playing your guitar Watching the battle from afar How do you sleep at night? Your best laid plans they have all gone awry There's no point in trying to deny It's crashing down on you and I Am not surprised I can tell you now That it's too late to disavow So step right up and take a bow don't try to shift the blame that you deserve to the ones you should preserve. Where did you get the nerve to ever say so long? Your best laid plans, they ever all gone awry. There's no point in trying to deny. It's crashing down on you. It crumbles, still you stumble.
0: This is John Hoskins, and that was a beautiful track, man. I'm, I, I love that track. Thank you, thank you for bringing that in. It was it's really, really, really nice. So we've got John Hoskins in the studio here, and you've got your guitar. let will have you play. Uh, let's have you play one more track before uh, before we get out of here. We'll talk just a little bit more after this track. But tell, tell me about what you're going to do, and then uh, and then do it.
1: Yeah, this is a song I've never. I, I, I wrote I, this probably first thing I wrote after Poncho came out and Rex was born and. And uh, if I ever finish up the current stuff and do another yeah. record, this would be on that. So it's it's as close to a, a new tune as you're going to get from me.
0: Okay. <laughs> lay, lay it on me, man.
2: So generous are we to trickle down debris To our least brothers Like that wretch in the filthy sweater There but by the grace we'd be there in his place But someone loves us better Care so much about the underclasses Let them sleep beneath the overpasses That's the least we can do Showing parties for the less than fortunate They're not invited but it's for the benefit That's the least we can do Welcome to a black-tie dinner as the press releases state How wondrous and great to be Amongst the Winners The meek The earth inherit But we'll be far away In heaven we will stay And we will watch them Share it We care so much about the Underclasses we Let them sleep beneath the overpasses Cause that's we will do. We're throwing parties for the less than fortunate. They're not invited, but it's for the benefit, because that's the least we can do. We care so much about the underclasses. We send them prayers and let them wipe our asses, because that's the least we, yes, that's the least we, that's the most we
1: will do.
0: Very nice, John. Tell me what the name of that track is.
1: The Least We Can Do.
0: The Least We Can Do, and that is forthcoming, That what on some, the uh, yeah, yet-to-be-finished... day in the future. Someday.
1: Before I shake off this mortal coil.
0: <laughs> before Rex goes to college, maybe. Before,
1: yeah, maybe hopefully drums on it.
0: Yeah, that's nice. I, I dig that too. And one thing I want to talk about real fast before we before we wrap it up, one thing I respect about your writing and always have is your your ability to incorporate both humor and then like pathos. <laughs> well, pathos, <laughs> but social commentary too. Like you know, that's, that's that's a little bit of social commentary in there. But yeah. you know, because you've got guys like uh, is it Todd Snyder who's great, but he's done so much of like the funny song yeah that, that that's all that's that, that, that all he's all he's known for so that when he tries to do something with gravitas it doesn't work or it, it doesn't it sounds disingenuous to me um and it's something i I think you do very very well
1: oh thank you yeah uh, i i try to that's what i kind of try to do I always try to like balance things out like i i always a big fan of people who do very happy sounding music and then uh, kind of sneak in some very either sad or melancholy right subject matter. Or vice versa, a very melancholy song that's very, very happy. Yeah, and uh, and then kind of flowing in between there.
0: Yeah, it's, it's almost it's almost Elliott Smith in a way, like morose but yet happy sounding. Yeah, you know, Nick Nick Drake to an extent, but it's hard to tell with Nick Drake because yeah. you're so I'm always so in awe of the beauty of whatever <laughs> what it is that he's, he's created. Doing. That I there's I,
1: another I, example of a guy where I I probably couldn't tell you what if some of his lyrics are because, like you said, it's so beautiful yeah. that I'm just like.
0: And he sings with this weird style, too, that it, 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 it almost sounds as if uh, his voice is like another worldly instrument. Like yeah. The, the lyrics thrugs, are almost yeah. secondary. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's Yeah, it's very strange. And I, but I do love Nick Drake. So uh, one thing I want to talk about real fast before we go, I've asked every artist so far on Independence Day to bring in music to play for our, our, our kind of cue out music here, our ride out music that's... Uh, you know, something you listened to growing up a lot that you maybe you'd be embarrassed for people to know or maybe you are – you know, kind of like you hint that you might be embarrassed but you're really not. Yeah. And what you brought in was? Rush. Rush. Tell me real quick about the, 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 the Rush experience in the early 80s. Yeah. Like,
1: well, Rush was the – like, you know, got really into that like probably seventh, eighth grade and I was talking to another friend about that. It's like there's something about like whenever you first get into, really get into music, like that music always has – like a place for you and you almost can't see it objectively. It, it, it's – because it's still to this day I'll hear some of those songs and it brings me back there and I love it. And and this would be example and I was like – that was when the Walkman first came out and I had like a second, you know, knockoff of a Walkman. Like an you know? Emerson? Yeah. It was an Emerson I think and uh, my first cassette that I bought – I bought two cassettes. One was The Who "It's Hard," and the other one was Rush "Signals." Uh-huh. And those two records, but more so "Rush Signals." I listened to that mowing the lawn so many times, like I probably wore it out with green shoes. <laughs> exactly with green shoes and occasional sprinkler heads yeah. flying past my feet as I accidentally ran them over. Um, but yeah, so this that's and I, I know, just to. On that subject of like not being ashamed of it. I I know you're a big fan of Toad the Wet's Brocket, as uh, I am. Yes. A few years ago a friend of mine who's still an, an un- unapologetic Rush fan sent me this he had seen Glenn Phillips, singer from Toad the Wet's Brocket, his blog, and he wrote a whole day, his whole thing was about Rush and how he said, You know, I've I've I'm tired of apologizing for it. Like, you know, the thing is when I was fourteen It's coming
0: out of the closet as a yeah, rush. Fan. And, and
1: he said, you know, the <laughs> thing is it was the it was thing is when I was fourteen, I really craved riffs. And uh. Rush was providing them for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so they provided a valuable service. And uh, so that's it's very similar to the way, you know, I feel about it. Like yeah. Yeah, I'm not yeah. apologizing. I and I, well, it.
0: it's, it's so funny because I don't hear Rush in Toad and I don't, <laughs> or me, and yeah. I don't really hear Rush in new music. But it, it all gets in there somehow and it yeah. comes back out. And, and I, I like very much what comes out. So tell me any time frame whatsoever for the new material.
1: I'm hoping – my, my plan is to like start petering it out in the next uh, petering. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But yeah, I, I think I'm giving up on the idea of doing an album. Yeah. You know, it's the 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 world has changed and and my finances are are else, you know, focused on other things now. So, you know, maybe doing like singles on yeah. iTunes, just doing download releases yeah, and of can... them and and that way it's a little it's a little easier to like to wrap my head around being able to finish a song. Yeah. Rather than trying to, like, figure out the sequencing of record and making sure that, you know, well, now yeah. I need another song because these two don't work together. Yeah,
0: cohesion is, is out the window because yeah. it only has to so be a Yeah, so it kind itself. of frees
1: it up. So now I have really no excuse to not finish some of them.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll be very much looking forward to that, and people can hear about you. I mean, you've got a great website too. Did you did you do this yourself? Yeah, <laughs> I
1: did. I haven't done anything on it in a long time. Yeah, but, but yeah, there's some fun stuff. But
0: on it's it. it's like a, it's like the time waster central because there's so much on there, the funny pictures and all the yeah. funny different things. Yeah, the not much of it toured. has to do
1: with me. Oh, it's, a,
0: it, it's a multimedia experience, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So, but that's that's www. That's dot com. If where you people... can
1: spell that then.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you. you'll be able to go. I'm going to plug my own website, which is uh, the Independence Day website, which is uh, joearmstrong.com slash ID, as in got any ID, son, short for Independence Day, of course. So you can learn about John. The, the site's still being kind of fleshed out, but pretty soon you'll have podcasts of all the old episodes. And you'll be able to know exactly how to spell your name. So when someone oh, steals your identity, man. you can blame it on me.
1: Fantastic.
0: <laughs> That's just what you have always wanted. So and you can also listen to us every, here, every every Wednesday night here on Lancer Radio. Uh, www.lancerradio.org or if you're in the parking lot you happen to be in pasadena 89.1 on the fm dial you can also follow us on twitter believe it or not we are in-depth day uh or at in-depth i don't even sure how to say that i should probably learn this
1: i don't know what that means
0: i don't, I don't it's <laughs>
1: like you just spoke swahili yeah
0: but you can follow us on twitter we've got followers jesse you're one of our followers now excellent thank you for doing that building our media universe from the ground up so john again thank you very much for appearing on Independence Day today. It was a pleasure. Okay, so thank you to John Hoskinson, also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Tepinsky and to Valentina Rivera and engineers Jesse Lopez and Will Beeston from Lancer Radio. Tune in to Independence Day next, next week to hear modern pop cabaret revisionists' leftover cuties. They'll be playing live in the studio, and we'll talk about making their upcoming release, Places to Go. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong, and please be good to one another.